Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Game Changing Mega Trends, presented by SAP, helping the world run better and improve people's lives. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game changing technologies and business strategies to help resolve some of the world's biggest challenges and to create real business impact. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are excited and thrilled to bring you another brand new series. It's 2019. We are adding to our established roster of Game Changers radio topics, and this one is Mega Trends. Today, we're going to talk about shaping the global economy in 2019. But before I give you the usual buzz to set up the episode today, I'd like to read a little bit from the overview of this series to help you get as excited as I am. So, what's going on in the world? Our planet will soon host 10 billion people, that's billion with a B, in a globally connected economy. Come on, you all know that you're all part of it. The world's political, social, and economic leaders in every one of us, that means you, 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 and you, I can see you out there, need to find new ways to create a sustainable and livable planet. How are we going to do that? You know the answer. We have exciting and disruptive technology. It's helping the world run better and improve people's lives, and that has to be everyone's goals. We're going to have panels of experts throughout the year on the series who are going to explore the global social, economic, and environmental challenges. If you think about it, it will all seem very logical to you. We're talking about health and education, energy, mobility, and how can technology help address the megatrends to create a better world and, because we're here on the business channel where we always are, to open new business opportunities. So whether you're a business owner, a leader, or just a citizen, and there's nothing wrong with being just a citizen, we're all concerned about the future. Welcome to our new series, Game-Changing Megatrends Radio. I am Bonnie D. Graham, and now I will get to my normal opening so we can start this show. What's the buzz on the street? Well, I found a quote from the person who needed to be quoted on the opening of today's show. It's John Nesbitt, the author of Megatrends, 1984. He's an American author, public speaker in the area of future studies. His first book, Megatrends, 10 New Directions Transforming Our Lives, was published back in 1982. It made the number one spot on the New York Times bestseller list for two years. It was published in 57 countries and so far has sold only 14 million copies. So here is the quote I selected. Trends like horses are easier to ride in the direction they are going. Let's just go with that. So welcome again to our new series that dives into the world's most pressing issues and the tremendous growth opportunities for all levels of society and business. At the top of the list of megatrends we're going to be talking about today, we may touch on integrated mobility, rebuilding trust between leaders and their constituents. Trust is a big challenge in 2019 for many, many reasons. As I mentioned earlier, the quest for lifelong health, the urgent demands of urbanization, future cities, and here's something we may even touch on today or in future episodes, the road to a truly circular economy. So what megatrends are shaping the agendas of global leaders around the world in business and policies and politics? Our panel of experts will cover some hot spots today. I've got a panel of really top thought leaders for you today. Wait till you hear who's going to be joining me. First up in just a moment, I'll be introducing you to Anne Rosenberg. She is globally known. She is a senior VP and global head of SAP NextGen. We are so 
privilege to have Anne take time out to join us today. Joining her is Eric Cavanaugh. He's the host of DM Radio, the world's longest running show on data. Also thrilled to have Eric. And joining me is a good friend of Game Changers Radio because he is frequently on our series about business model disruption. He is Sven Vitern, head of industry business innovation at SAP. Welcome to my panelists. Anne Rosenberg has sent us a quote from, and Anne, help me pronounce his name. Is it Elliot Peeper or Pepper? It's P-E-P-E-R. How do you pronounce his name? Just like you said it first. It's perfect. Peeper. Okay, good. Elliot Peeper is a novelist and a strategist based in Oakland, California. He writes, get this, fast-paced, deeply researched stories with diverse casts that explore the intersection of technology and society. I love that. Here is the quote Anne has selected. Listen up, everybody. This is a topic that's near and dear to Anne. She's going to tell us why in a minute. Science fiction isn't useful because it's predictive. It's useful because it reframes our perspective on the world. Like international travel or mediation, it creates space for us to question our assumptions. Anne Rosenberg, welcome to Game Changers. How are you today? I'm really well, thank you, and thank you for the opportunity to join the show today. We are delighted to have you. Anne, I know science fiction is important to you because you've written a book about it. So why don't you tell us how you picked this quote from Elliot Pieper and what this all has to do with megatrends. Talk to me. Yeah, so if we look at science fiction, uh, the prediction is now that science fiction is going to be the management philosophy going forward. And it's actually what define innovation 4.0. And if we go a little bit back, this, I call it the eight eight magic years back in time and look at how Silicon Valley really uh, built the gravity of innovation about open innovation between academia, uh, enterprises, and the whole startup uh, accelerating ecosystem and how that went into Innovation 2.0 where you have innovation pockets around the world to recently when United Nations came out with the 17 Global Goals in 2015 and the big question was, you know, how do we make sure we all come together and solve the 17 global goals. And this is where innovation really is the key for driving innovation with purpose. And where we stand today is that with immersed technologies, you can do anything you want. Um, but the question is, what is it you want to do and how do we get to the 17 global goals? How do we solve those big um, uh, situations that we have around the world like zero hunger and so on? And this is where we use the imagination that we all know from science fiction. So the book that was recently published this year and was launched at Davos is really a, a, a book around is, that actually go more or less 100 years back. And every 10 years, there's been questions around why is it that you are not bringing the science fiction mindset into the cooperation world? And the reply to that question is that we actually now being um, in 2019, actually the speed of immersive technology is so fast. So if we come up with a great new idea today based on immersive technologies, we're actually able to implement it extremely fast. So the message of the book is that the mindset you have from science fiction is that that needs to be activated in every single person out there in the world to help us to come up with big ideas, what the Mega 20 is also defining, that can help us to solve and reach the 17 global goals by 2030. 
And that is inspirational. The idea of, of a big set of goals is just, it's, it's almost daunting. And that's what we're trying to do in the series is to break them down. And let's be honest, science fiction is something most of us have only seen in the movies. Special effects, things that are from other planets, other galaxies. And now you are harnessing this concept and saying, let's use it to question our assumptions. Do you think people are able to embrace science fiction now because of global thought leaders like you, Anne Rosenberg? I think people are saying, wait a minute, let me calm down. Let me say there's something in here that I can understand that can help me expand my mindset and look at things in a different way. Do you think that there will be more acceptance of science fiction as a thought leadership tool? What's your thought? So that has, of course, been the big question that, that we brought up when we started this uh, project for one, for one year ago, where we actually went in and we began to see some correlations between science fiction movies and between what we see is being implemented today. Uh, for example, if you take uh, Star Trek and you look at the flip phone and you look mm-hmm. at how the whole telco uh, industry is changing, or if you look at, for example, the fifth element and the flying cars, how that is more or less becoming a normality. And I think the exceptions and the understanding, also when you look at, at, at the big trends of the world, the mega trends, is that people are today in 2019, we already saw in 2018, are becoming much more open-minded around imagination and science fiction and also risk-taking, because we, we are sitting now with immersed technologies that have so many opportunities that the only way we can explore those opportunities is by using strong imagination and also design thinking. So I do see a change in the corporate world, and we've been running a huge amount of meetups and workshops and design thinking workshops with corporations where we bring them on a time travel exercise, and we also expose them to a lot of correlations in science fiction that we bring in to the reality of today. And what is mind-blowing for me is to see that it doesn't really matter what industry, or what nationality, and where in the world you have the science fiction conversation. There is a common denominator that most people, I would say everybody, have a small sci-fi inside themselves. And when you unlock that sci-fi, people can see how it helped them to come up with new ideas and unlock the potential of immersive technologies. Thank you, Anne. I, I love it. I love it. I'm going, to, I'm going to start embracing sci-fi. It's always been, no, I don't want to go to that movie. That's too sci-fi for me. I'm going to start embracing it. I love the idea of bringing it. I think it's, it's going to go mainstream and not just for the curious, but for the people who want to start thinking better about the bigger picture. Thank you, Anne. Such a pleasure to have you. And I have to tell everybody, Anne is not only talking brilliantly on the radio, she's tweeting and she's tweeting pictures of herself holding up her laptop with a picture of our logo called Coffee Break with Game Changers Radio. And <laughs> I can't tell you how tickled I am that you're doing this at the same time as talking to me. So thank you very much. Great participation. Let's move around the table. Eric Cavanaugh is waiting patiently. And Eric, I said that to a panelist a few weeks ago, Bob or Jim, whoever was waiting, waiting patiently. And when I got to him, he said to me, how do you know I'm patient? And so I, <laughs> I, I try not to say that, but it's an old habit. So Eric Cavanaugh has sent us a quote from Emmanuel. 
Immanuel Kant. I have to say that very with great inspiration. Immanuel Kant, <laughs> 1724 to 1804, obviously a completely different generation from Eliot Pieper. He was a German philosopher who was central figure in what was known as modern philosophy, and Kant's doctrine was transcendental idealism. He argued that space, time, and causation are mere sensibilities. He said things in themselves, and that's things dash in dash themselves in quotes, exist, but their nature is unknowable. So I think he probably was a precursor of sci-fi and can probably embrace that. Here is the quote Eric Kavanaugh has selected from Immanuel Kant, K-A-N-T. Act only on that maxim which you can at the same time will as universal law. Eric, please unravel this for me. I got to know what it means. Talk to me. Sure. So the way I view what's happening around the world, and we are in very tumultuous times right now, is that we have entered a new era of rulemaking. And if you look at straws in the wind, like the General Data Protection Regulation, or GDPR, that's where we're going. These are really important, serious rules, and we need to be very thoughtful about them. And I think if you look at the Internet, for example, social, mobile, analytics, cloud, artificial intelligence, the confluence of these very powerful technologies that Anne was referring to Mm -hmm. sets up a situation where we really must be very careful about the laws and the rules that we put in place today. And I would suggest that based upon a historical view of mankind and and, uh, anthropology, that the wireframe we put in place today might last not just for five or ten years, but possibly for hundreds of years. And so if you're charged with casting rules and developing a wireframe that may last for hundreds of years, you want to be really thoughtful about that. And I'll actually throw a couple other quotes that go even much further back than Immanuel Kant, my favorite uh, Chinese philosopher, Oriental philosopher, Lao Tzu, once Mm -hmm. wrote that when the laws are complex, the bandits will abound. And he also wrote that uh, those who demand long contracts will tear them up at a moment's notice. So I'm a fan of the handshake deal. I'm a fan of very simple rules that people can understand because, let's face it, if you as a citizen or as an employee cannot understand the rules or the policies of your organization, how can you possibly consciously adhere to them? The answer is you can't. So I Mm -hmm. think we're at a very, very pivotal time in the history of mankind, and we need to be very thoughtful and very careful. And uh, I'm pleased and honored to be amongst this group of people who are helping to shape the future right now. Thank you, Eric. We're very pleased to have you as well. And, and when I go around the table after we finish the opening quotes, we'll find out exactly what Ann does, what you do, and what Sven does. And I can't wait to hear what you do on, on DM Radio. Uh, Eric, do you think that people in general, and I, I'm using that very broad, I didn't say average, I didn't say normal, just people in general. <laughs> do you th- I'm very careful about that. I don't think it's PC. Do you think people in general understand the bigness I'm using that word. I don't even know if it's a word. The bigness of what we're talking about today, megatrends is not just, okay, what's on the front shelf when you go to your supermarket next Saturday for the weekly sales? It's it's big. Anne was talking about the UN goals. There are so many of them. Do you think everyday people get that, that there is a big world out there, that everything we do is part of that world? What do you think? What's the worldview? Well, I think yes and no, quite frankly. I think the situation is probably roughly what it always has been, that there are many people who are just 
going about their lives, living what they do, and having an enjoyable time, hopefully. And there are some people who are very thoughtful and pensive and are thinking very hard about this right now. So I think it's mm-hmm. always been the case that you have some sort of old souls out there or deep thinkers who are trying to understand what's going on. I would encourage all those folks to you know, strip away the bias, strip away your personal opinions about certainly politicians above all else. Mm-hmm. Really think about how your knowledge and your vision can help shape a future that is good for all of us. And I'm very actually impressed by some of the millennials that I've met who are very deeply thoughtful about these things and can have very constructive and, and mind-opening conversations with you about where things are going, about issues like privacy, issues like ethics. These mm-hmm. are very serious concerns that we need to nail down and be clear about. And then, of course, we have to practice what we preach, right? Thank you very much, Eric. I think, uh, I think we need to add to the megatrends a list of people thinking big thinking mega. I think that could like be that. a... You like that? And do you like that too? Adding that to the megatrends? I think that is important uh, also because I couldn't... I was thinking about, you know, when I was listening in that one of the big megatrends, and we, we worked on this at, at the Wolves uh, earlier this month, is the whole thing about citizen belongs uh, the citizen agenda about sustainable living and we, if we begin to see at the citizen of the world today, there's a lot of new citizen movements. Mm-hmm. And we begin to talk about sustainable living. We talk about how we are cooking our dinners, how we buy our clothes, how we do everything. So I believe sustainable living is becoming a really, really big mega trend. Where, and, and I think that it's needed because if you, one thing is that the cooperation around the world adapting to the 17 global goals by using emerging technologies. But if you begin to get the buying peppers, the, the, the citizen of the world to begin to say, you know, if I want things to be like that. That's how I shop. That's how I live. That's how I collaborate. Um, I think that would change a lot of things because you, you can't change the world uh, to meet the 17 global goals if you don't have every single citizen of the world to be part of the movement. But it is a movement. Uh, and I think looking at the mega trends, the citizen agenda and also public-private partnerships, again, that is some of the big megatrends that we see now because we, we, we see that nobody can change the world alone. Mm-hmm. And it's all about doing it together and yes. across cooperation, government, citizens, startups, and academia. Thank you, Anne. And I know, I know, I know Sven Vedern is saying, when's Bonnie going to get to me? Come on, I'm waiting here. I'm a regular panelist. What's going on? Sven, I have been waiting to bring you on because your quote is so beautiful and it ties together the question I just asked Eric and Anne. And the quote you've sent Mm -hmm. us is from the Dalai Lama 14. That's XIV. Those of you who were not schooled in Roman numerals, X is 10, IV is 1 from 5 is 4. That's 14. And the The Dalai Lama actually has a Twitter handle. Dalai Lama, I found it. It's the official Twitter page of the Office of His Holiness, the 14th Dalai Lama. I'm not kidding you. His religious name is the Dalai Lama. It's it's Tenzin Gyatso, shortened from, everybody listen up, there's a long one, Jetson Jomfeld Nguyen, Lobsang Yishe Tenzin Gyatso. He was born Lamo Tondup in 1935, and he is the current Dalai Lama. I'm just going to leave that alone. Here's the quote Svenda selected, and it's, beautiful. The more we care for the happiness of others, the greater is our own sense of well-being. Sven Vittern, 
Thank you for joining me today and for being so patient. Tell me how you picked this quote about caring as a megatrend. I love it. Talk to me, Sven. Yeah, sure. I think that's funny. And then I have to make also a compliment to my, my speakers before my co-panelists. I think great quotes. They really add to this uh, mega trends topic, I think, perfectly. I think we look at very different angles to this. And um, so I'm really excited to go to the discussion. Yeah, to, to this quote here, um, when you look, these mega trends, they all mean a challenge that, that we need to address in, in the world. I think these are big themes that uh, humanity is caring of and, and people are thinking and are thinking about solutions. And when you see, from my perspective, if we, and, and Anne just said it, we only can solve them together, not alone. And if we take uh, the standpoint of another person, put ourselves in the shoe of someone else and understand his view, his challenges, his problems, then I think we come much closer to the solution that will help the entire world uh, to, yeah, to become better. And from that perspective, I, I really love this quote. It really says, well, if you take about the other one serious and care about his happiness, well, it, it will help in the end yourself. And that's, uh, I think, the, for me, one of the underlying themes and thinking that, that we should apply for the solutions in all of these, these megatrends. Thank you very much, Sven. Tell me something. How excited are you that we are doing this brand new series on megatrends? Don't you think it's been a long time coming that we finally need to address something that big? What's your thought? Uh, well, I think with the, these megatrends, uh, you quoted Nesbitt at the beginning. I think it's, mm-hmm. it's coming over and over. Every decade, I think there's other topics that are coming. So it's actually not new, but I think when you see, and this is something where, where Nesbitt was, was perhaps, would be surprised or he may be surprised, at the speed of change. The speed of change is dramatically increasing. That's why these yes. trends are coming up and we need to understand. So I think it's now the right time when you see what's currently happening, happening in the world. Uh, I think Anne said this at the opening. This is the, the turmoil that we currently see. There's so many challenges. Uh, from my perspective, this is the right time. And um, I, I also found another quote when I looked uh, also things, I uh, was thinking about this. This is from uh, Harari. I think it's also one of the, the major authors uh, in this area. And he said, well, the success of our species um, is inseparable linked to our ability to have a vision, believe it, and realize it. And I think this perfectly adds to what, what, what uh, Anne said with the science fiction there. And this is what we need to do. I think it's a positive approach that we need here. See what we can do from a technology side. I think for many of these challenges that we see are truly really global and have a technology component. And also what was discussed at divorce that we say, well, you see, people suddenly start to trust companies, mm-hmm. which I found a surprising uh, statement there. Uh, not so much into government. So I think we have a challenge there, and we, from a, from the corporate side, we need to help to find answers there. Because otherwise, well, we will have much bigger problems in the world. Thank you very much. Very, very interesting. And by the way, I have a little bit of a trivia note here about uh, about John Nesbitt for all of you. John Nesbitt, in his book, his book Megatrends in 1982, now think about it. Did we have mobile phones? No. Did we have email? Maybe not really yet. Didn't come for another 10 years or so. He based his predictions on an analog paper-based form of Googling. Listen up. He and his staff read through 200 or more daily newspapers looking for recurring events and public behavior. 
That's how he did his trends. He didn't have the luxury that we have today of just going into a, a search box on the Internet with global connections everywhere and saying, okay, tell me about blah, 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 or whatever it is. They had to actually read the newspapers more than 200 a day. That was a Herculean task, and that was his commitment to trends. So I think we have to do a, a salute. He is 90 years old, still very much out there, and I I think we have to do a salute to to John Nesbitt for coming up with that concept. And I say shout out to John Nesbitt. There we go. Now it's the part of the show where we get to know our panelists up close and personal. Not too personal. I'm not going to tell you where they live, but we want to know a little bit about them. So let's start with Anne Rosenberg. Anne, we'd love to know where in the world you are today. Number two question is, what's your favorite drink in the whole wide world? It has nothing to do with the Megatrain. We just want to know what powers you, because I know you are a major force in SAP NextGen, and you were at Davos, and you're launching your book, and you seem to have this un an indefatigable supply of energy. So what drink powers you? And third question, Anne, is please just give us a brief overview of what you do. Go ahead, Anne Rosenberg. Thank you so much. So I'm in New York. Uh, I'm located in New York, uh, but I do travel a lot around the world. Um, And my power drink is very simple. It's actually just tea. Uh, I drink drink a lot of tea. Um, Mm -hmm. And so my role is to drive uh, movements about uh, purpose. Um, and so I have a global team around the world in 117 countries where we have a network of 3,700 universities, 135 innovation spaces at university campuses. We are launching, we have been launching more than 26 innovation communities where we map out innovation uh, communities for startups, for accelerators, uh, for having this innovation uh, going on all over the world. And then um, I work a lot with United Nations. Um, and at Davos, uh, we went in uh, where we had what we call the Davos House, where we had a number of philanthropist conversations uh, linked to the mega trends, uh, where we launched, as mentioned earlier, a citizen agenda where we got some of the biggest citizen movements together, uh, because nobody can own a citizen agenda. It's something that we all need to contribute and move forward. Um, so I'm mapping out that whole uh, community and, and, and inviting the citizens of the world to be part of the sustainable living uh, agenda. And then we also launched uh, the public-private partnership agenda about the collaboration across uh, government, citizen, corporations, startup accelerators, and so on and so forth, and the citizen, of course. And then we went in and we picked two industries, but we are going to go across all the industries that SCP represent. But we went in and we looked at uh, the fashion industry about sustainable fashion, and we also went in and looked at farm-to-table, so the whole way the supply chain is around uh, uh, the production of food and also... Um, how, what we can do to have the whole issue around zero hunger in the world. Mm-hmm. And then we also went in around uh, purpose investment. So we see in the world right now that a lot of in, investment, both corporation banks and family offices are looking at philosophies, but they're looking at it from um, a purpose where it, it, it's also where we change people's uh, behavior uh, for a better future for all of us. So 
you can say my team is a team who worked for the 17 Global Goal and are really are orchestrating movement for all the 17 Global Goals. And goal number 17, which is all about the partnership, is the one you can say who really make it happen because we can't do it without collaboration. Thank you, Anne. Very, very happy to have you here. And, and I will tell you that the Twitter, my Twitter dashboard is just lighting up with tweets and retweets. And I have to do a shout out before Eric, before I get to you, I have to do a shout out to Tom Conan at SAP who helped to put together this wonderful panel for us for the debut of this new series today. Tom, you've worked very hard and it is paying off terrific conversation so far so I'm glad you're listening and I'm glad you're there in the background and thank you for your hard work and Colleen Raftery my colleague on the SAP News team is tweeting welcome Colleen there we go so let's go to Eric Kavanaugh Eric same three questions where in the world are you today what's your favorite drink that powers you and I want to know all about what is DM radio talk to me down here in New Orleans in one of the most beautiful cities in the world on the St. Charles Street car line just loving life, loving the nice weather down here. My favorite drink, oh man, it's either coffee or Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Depends on what hour of the day. If we're after 5 p.m., I think it's time for a Sierra Nevada because it helps loosen me up and get those creative juices flowing. And what do we do at DM Radio? So I realized years ago that there are so many smart people in the world of data and in the software world. I wanted a forum much like yourself to bring smart people together and have interesting conversations because, in my opinion, smart conversations drive the information economy. Good conversations bring out great ideas. People can build upon what they were already thinking about. They can come up with new plans, new formulations to change things, to change their life, to improve their business, etc. And one thing I've noticed, and you may have noticed this too, Bonnie, is that Mm -hmm. in the round, when you're in a conversation like this, because Mm -hmm. you can riff off of what other people say, because you get into the sort of kinetic energy of a live radio show, you will express things and say things in ways that you never would have on your own if you were trying to write an article, for example. So it's a wonderful mechanism for ushering out useful conversations and smart ideas and really moving the ball downfield because we all have to keep an open mind. We're all subject to our own biases, to our own prejudices. Uh, What did Mark Twain say? Common sense is that set of prejudices a man has acquired by the age of 18, something like that. (laughs) We have to kind of break some of those down and, and change our minds about things and know that it's not it's not weak to change your mind, right? So always keep your mind open. And I just love to learn from smart people. So DM Radio is all about that. We also have a new show called World Matters that actually Ooh. features a good friend of mine and 27-year UN veteran, Richard Kirby. And in fact, mm-hmm. he and I were just in Abu Dhabi a few weeks ago for the first ever Arab Digital Economy Conference where we were sharing ideas. And I threw out a quote actually from the Quran. I'll share it with you very quickly. It's a yes. very powerful quote. Uh, It says that, uh, and if you're in doubt about what we have revealed to our servant, Muhammad, then write a chapter like these and call upon your witnesses besides Allah if you are truthful. And I thought, how amazing is that, that this man, Muhammad, at the time, he was one of the most powerful men in the world, said, you know what, maybe I don't have all the ideas. If you have a better idea, step up to the plate and tell us about it. It was basically an invitation to continue the conversation about rules, about laws, about Mm -hmm. life, about governance. And I think that invitation stands to everyone for all time. We should always be able to sit down and hash through issues and just have candid conversations and avoid the name calling. 
Thank you very much. Words of wisdom. And, and Eric, I know as a radio professional, you appreciate the format that I've created here on Game Changers Radio. Yeah. And, and what I've tried to do, and this is, uh, we are in our eighth year. We have 42 series under the Game Changers Radio banner. We had almost a million and a quarter listeners last year, which is interesting because our topics are very niche. It's not like somebody say, gee, let me see what's going on with supply chain. You have to really want to know that stuff because that's what we talk about on that particular series. But what I wanted to say was I've always said to to people at SAP, my different series sponsors, this is like creating an audio white paper almost on the fly. You get people in a conversation, comfortable, sharing, listening, collaborating, engaging, being engaged. And that, you have echoed what I believe is the value of our radio format, which is smart people talking, sharing ideas, no real boundaries, staying within a certain time frame so everybody gets plenty of opportunity. And we leave politics out of it, but we open our minds to sharing ideas. And that's why I'm so excited to launch this new series one of our we have four new series launching this year and this is one of our very exciting ones so thank you so much for your comments eric and for echoing my belief about this radio format i appreciate it sven vitern we'd love to know where are you today i know we called you somewhere in the world thank goodness you're somewhere in the world and we want to know what's your favorite drink did you have something interesting over the holidays it's only february we can talk about holidays and or what you're planning for valentine's day if you celebrated. And the third thing is update us on what you've been up to as the head of industry business innovation at SAP. Sven, it's all yours. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, well, um, I'm totally in Germany. It's already dark outside, so it's, uh, yeah, probably close to the evening. And um, what I have today in my drink, um, actually, today it's, it may sound a little bit boring, but it's, it's actually a tap water with a little bit of lemon and rosemary. Mm. Uh, just refreshing, and uh, because I thought I need to prep my mind for for this uh, top notch call here, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we're well, flattered. It helps me to, <laughs> to stay awake because it uh, really makes you refresh you and um, help, helps me to uh, stay throughout the day. And um, Valentine, well, that's a very good question. Actually, to be honest, you have now uh, take me on the wrong foot because I haven't thought about this yet. So I hope my wife Ooh. is not listening. <laughs> uh, so I think I, I better need to do this soon, um, but I, I'm sure I will. I will have some 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 ideas. I will get now probably tons of recommendations. Yeah, you <laughs> will. You will. Everybody, you. tweet something to Sven Vittern and his Twitter handle is s o w i t t at s o w i t t, and tell him what he should buy for Valentine's Day or what what he should have in his uh, uh, champagne flute. There's a hint for you. What have you been up to, Sven? Oh yeah. Well, actually, here at the moment, these these mega trends. I think this is one of my yeah themes or topics that I'm following since I think many years. I'm really convinced, or I love to look into what is happening out there in the world, and um, well, how can I turn this into business opportunities? And and discussing this with people, and looking into this, and understanding what other trends, what's happening, what is shaping our future. This is what I really love. And um, so, well, for me, this is actually today the start of a, of a, of a great, great dream that we can have such a radio show and have even a series on this. I think that's really what I'm up to. And, uh, well, this helps me to forget all the other nitty-gritty things that I have to do here <laughs> throughout the day on my operations <laughs> job. <laughs> 
is exciting being on live radio. I appreciate that. Uh, Sven knows what I'm going to say about where I am and what I'm drinking, but I, for the edification of Anne and Eric, I will tell you, I left New York after 32 years of living in Great Neck, Long Island, and you know where that is, I believe, and moved to Durham, North Carolina almost a year and a half ago. I upsized at my stage of life as a boomer. I'm supposed to downsize. Well, I triple upsized, and that's just the way it is. Live on a beautiful pond here in a lovely community. It's going to be 74 degrees here today in Durham, which is quite a switch because five days ago we woke up to 17.170 degrees Fahrenheit, and it was cold, and I don't know how to set the temperature in the house anymore. But what's most important is that I'm not allowed to have anything with caffeine in it on radio show days, and I think you've all figured out why. So all I'm allowed to have is water. So I have a cool, clear glass of water with a couple of ice cubes in it and a red and white straw, and I'm happy it's a sunny day, and I'm thrilled to be launching this brand-new series with great minds, Ann Rosenberg at SAP, Eric Cavanaugh at DM Radio, Sven Vitrin at SAP, and I have breaking news for the three of you esteemed panelists. We're not taking a break because we've been talking so much, we went way past the halfway point. I don't want to take a pause because this is too good when a show is, don't tell anybody else, when a show is really, really moving along, I don't take a break, and that's okay. So we're going to keep moving. So Ann Rosenberg, I'm going around to you and looking at the discussion statements you sent before the show, and let's see, I would like to start with your third statement. I'm going to read it word for word, and I'm going back to the science fiction idea. I think I'd like to like to have this as a way you can express it to the listeners around the world. And I'm going to read this, and Anne, I'd like you to talk about two minutes about this. Just expand it. Then I'm going to bring in Eric for his point of view, his POV on what you said, and then Sven, and then I'll pick a statement from Eric. We'll go around the table quickly, and if we have time, one from Sven. So Anne Rosenberg said the following. In science fiction thinking, you start by thinking, wow, if only. Now, I want everybody to write that down. You can write it on a chalkboard. You can write it on a license plate. You can get a vanity plate. I, I'd like that for my license plate and wow if only I'm going to do that or you can crochet it on the side of a pillow or whatever wow if only and let your imagination run wild seeing the future with your inner eye as you'd wish to experience it and we've all had those thoughts haven't we it's time to activate your inner science fiction imagination and Rosenberg tell us how this works for everyday people who are thinking about megatrends around the world go ahead Yes, so thank you so much. So, so first I will talk about how it kind of came to me. So for a little bit more than one year ago, I was on a panel in Geneva um, where Sophia uh, was one of the panelists. And I went home to New York and my husband and I was then watching Westworld for 1972. And I was sitting there and I kind of realized in one second I was just on a panel with Sophia. And right now I'm actually looking for a movie from 1972 and it's just exactly what I'm seeing, it was a prediction in that movie that one day we will have the Sophia uh, that will be like the, the robots uh, that we know more and more about today, that we actually more and more getting used to, that that will be, be the future. I also had the opportunity, I think we all know Charlie Chaplin. So if you look at Charlie Chaplin mm-hmm. from, from 1922, where you have the modern machine and you look at some of the things that is going on there, Again, you're kind of wondering how could they come up with those ideas and actually some of the ideas is not even implemented today. So I think we as human beings all have had those woe moments where we're kind of thinking, I've 
I've seen this and now it's becoming a reality. And that is the moment where you actually are in the process of activating you into sci-fi. And then the next step, what we write, what we've been writing in the book about is that then you need to let that be activated and not be embarrassed to talk about it. And often when I speak about, I'm on a, a tour now, uh, uh, getting the sci-fi uh, framework out to the world. And I always ask people who is part of the session, how many of you like sci-fi? And everybody put their hand up. And then I ask how you are putting sci-fi into your normal cooperation work that you do, like into a strategy meeting or, and so on and so forth. And nobody really dares to put their hand up. Only like a couple of people are putting their hand up. And I think that people are, are right now in, 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 in a time where they not, just need a little bit of confidence. And that was, was the reason why I wrote the book. I wanted the book to give the corporate world confidence that it's not awkward to bring in sci-fi into a cooperation setting. So the book has been written for um, strategy meeting, strategy planning, business model, uh, canvas meetings, imagination meetings in the corporate world to give people confidence that it's totally okay uh, to bring that mindset in. So there's a lot of examples in the book that can be used so people kind of feel confident when they give those examples. Because what I've seen is that when people first get to understand how sci-fi can help you to come up with new ideas, you are, you're literally just into it. And I can also tell you one thing is my last comment to your question is that it's so much more fun and it's so much more fun to activate your sci-fi and have this, I call it the la-la land. And that's <laughs> why I'm predicting that L.A. is going to be the next big innovation hop off the world because you have a gravity of the sci-fi mindset there, the whole film industry. So we will we are already beginning to see some of the first science fiction consulting companies coming out of LA and we're beginning to see the momentum about how that is being shared to the world. And last thing I want to say, it is interesting, back to the Westworld example, that mm-hmm. Westworld was just launched at HBO in ninety as the last year. And that's why I'm always saying that L.A. is one step ahead of the game on this. They know this is coming and they're ready for it. Thank you. You know what you just did? You just just jumped ahead to the crystal ball predictions part of the show. <laughs> I, I appreciate that because we're a little bit tight on time. So I will get to you for predictions, but I think we just got a, a mega trend prediction from Ann Rosenberg. I'm thrilled. Eric Cavanaugh, love to know your thinking about what Ann just shared with us. You can agree or disagree with her prediction, but I'm most interested in that in the Westworld comment and the thought about using our sci-fi part of our brains. What do you think? No, I think that's wonderful, and I think you want to keep a very open mind about how to leverage technologies, and uh, as everyone in Silicon Valley now says, skate where the puck is going, because, of course, the mm-hmm. Sharks uh, wound up being a pretty good team for a while. So I'm glad that uh, the West Coast is getting the, the hockey <laughs> excitement in their lives. But I also <laughs> think it raises some pretty serious questions, uh, one of which is, Cultural. I think that she's right that L.A. is a powerhouse in terms of media and, and other domains. But I think we also need to be careful about balancing out these centers of, of power and these centers of gravity because there are very significant cultural disparities between, let's say, Los Angeles and Austin, Texas and New Orleans and Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. And these are all different cultures, and we all share 
some of these same values and some of these same visions, but uh, I wouldn't want to have too much power consolidated in just one area, and I think we do have that happening right now with Silicon Valley, and it's a concern mm-hmm. that I have. We see things like censorship, for example. I know that it happens. I've actually seen mm-hmm. it happen on Twitter, so I know it's real, and it raises, again, this question of ethics, and I think we need to have some very robust conversations about ethics and ethical standards, and we need to hold organizations to the fire, hold their feet to the fire, and make sure that Google and Twitter and Facebook and all these organizations are held to ethical standards. I think that's one of the mega trends we're going to see as well is, again, back to the rulemaking. And I think that Mm -hmm. uh, we need to look to Congress to, I won't say rein in some of these social media powerhouses, but at least hold them to their own community rules. Because you see these companies like Facebook talk all about community rules, but they only enforce them selectively. So we need to be very careful about the amount of power that is consolidated right now in Silicon Valley and, uh, and even in places like Los Angeles. And let's have a robust nationwide conversation about how the U.S. is going to deal with these issues. Thank you, Eric. And that also brings up one of the, the T word that I use, the five letters that are becoming at the coming to the fore of so many conversations today. Trust. I'm just going to put that on the table. I'm not going to say anything else about it because I want to make sure we get Sven in here. Sven Vitrin, talk about this sci-fi mindset that Anne started talking about. And you can also discuss what Eric shared with us. Go ahead, Sven. Yeah, thanks. No, um, I only can support, I think, the, the, the sci-fi mindset. When you see, um, take an example very specific, if you take Star Trek, um, the topics that they are discussing then every, every of, the, of the episodes is really, on one side, mostly using technology, something very future. I remember there were some things where they had uh, new technology to store data within, within DNA device or something like that. Um, but it's also, you have always... Um, ethical component. It's really things that are driving our society. How do you behave towards foreigners? How do you behave in situations where the rules have changed and you don't know how to behave? And Just examples. I think very fundamental. Or Living in a world, I think, where you have unlimited funds because they don't have money or so. I think these are topics and themes that we will see also Across the world, I know that that uh, many of the startup founders in, in the Silicon Valley they are big fans of uh, sci-fi there uh, and mm-hmm. Star Trek. I know, for instance, Larry Larry Page has quoted sometimes well that he thinks that the computers there could do much better. You just talk to them and then they give you a stupid answer. They believe we could do this better. That's one of his his uh, starting hypothesis uh, when he started Google. So you see that this has always triggered the thinking uh, and the division in those uh, startup uh, uh, founders and giving them a direction. What can we do? I know, well, these, these uh, science fiction authors, obviously, they also do their research. Look what's going out there, what are uh, at the moment in the research labs happening, and what can I use in my, my novels there? But so it's, it's, uh, I think they are a multiplier which helps them to bring the visions into, uh, yeah, because they tell the story into the vision of, the large group of people, they start to live and dream. And uh, I think with that, you can drive the entire direction of, of such a mega theme. When you, say, when you see in how they deal with cities, on one side you have cities that you don't like that are very negative. If you take Asimov or so, uh, very poor things where you can say, oh, that's what I don't want. But in other uh, sci-fi novels, you see really, oh, these are 
pictures or, or stories that I want. This is how I would like to have my future. And so from that perspective, I think this is a very, very powerful theme because it really drives the emotion of the people. And that's, that's one of the best uh, drivers, uh, how you can move things. Thank you very much, Sven. I'm looking at the clock. We are technically about 90 seconds away, not from the end of the show, but from our crystal ball prediction. But I want to get one comment in here from, uh, let's see, this is, uh, Sven, this is from you. This is in your notes here. And I want to get this in, just have you make a quick comment about this. I'm just going to lay this on the table. And I think it's for our business audience, because we choose to be here on World Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com, the business channel for a reason. And here's what Sven said in his notes to me. Businesses need to change to take advantage of opportunities, okay? He says, if you're doing things the way you have always done them, you will not stay relevant for very long. Business models evolve, markets move, customers' tastes change, so you need to be flexible. I'm going to go around the table and give you each just two sentences, that's it, on the importance in light of megatrends of how we're trying to make the world more sustainable and all come together and, and, and survive as a civilization, as a culture, as a society, why it's important for businesses to be flexible. Let's start with Sven and then Anne and then Eric, and then we'll do the predictions real fast. So, Sven, why is it important for businesses to stay flexible? Yeah, you see that... The consumers, their customers, they are changing what uh, is happening in the world. They change their attitudes. And if you want to meet uh, their needs and what they are expecting, what they are thinking, what the new generation is thinking, you have to change. You have to adapt and you have to be flexible. Otherwise, you will be out of the business pretty soon. And the rules are changing. I think we have touched on this already. Thank you. Ann Rosenberg, talk to me about flexibility. Just very, very quickly, what are your thoughts on relating business flexibility, new models to the concept of megatrends? I think businesses today have an amazing engine with immersed technologies that they need to unlock, but they need to unlock it so it is with the purpose in mind. And I think that's the two opportunities that business have today. So you can say if you're running a business today, you really need to understand what technology can do for you. On the other hand, you, need to, you really need to go through your supply chain, your different business processes, and look at them not just from an efficiency optimization perspective, but look at them also from a sustainable perspective. And then I think the last thing that I think is, is, is very important for businesses today is the open innovation community, that innovation is not just coming from inside the company, but really is coming from a, a much more co- collaborative way uh, around uh, the community around them. Thank you, Anne. Eric Cavanaugh, I'll give you the last word on this in just, just 30 seconds. And then, Anne, I'm going to have you wrap up with, if you want to crystallize your prediction, I'll give you just a quick one, then Eric and then Sven. So, Eric, what are your thoughts on what we're talking about? Business, models, new, flexibility. Go. Yes, it's incredibly important to be flexible these days. In many ways, the entire flow of business has inverted. And think about the push model versus the pull model. It's true in media. It used to be a handful of people who would push out the news to you. Now you can go to Google. You can go to any search engine you want and pull the news to you. That's pull versus push. We're going to see that in government as well. We're going to see governments tethered more closely to people, I certainly hope. But in terms of uh, agility, it's absolutely paramount for businesses so you don't get blindsided and upended the way the taxi business did by Uber or the hotel business by Airbnb or really anyone uh, by companies that are highly agile, cloud-based, and use analytics. 
Good, good comments. Thank you very much. Ann Rosenberg, I'll let you wrap up with 30 seconds of a prediction since you already predicted L.A., but just I'm going to give you 30 seconds more, and then, Eric, get ready for your 60 seconds, 60 for Sven, and then we got to wrap up. Go ahead, Ann. Closing thoughts on predictions. So Innovation 4.0 is becoming a reality where the global goals, together with science fiction thinking and immersive technologies, go hands in hands, and that is needed for us to unlock the potential of what we have today with the technology where every single company is becoming a technology company, where every single person in the world is supported by technology. So Innovation 4.0 is a reality, and that's going to unlock the potential for everybody out there. Thank you, Anne. Love that one. Eric Cavanaugh, 60 seconds. What's your closing prediction? Go ahead. Passwords are going away. Thank goodness for that. I think bio, biometric data is going to rule the day. Your fingerprint is going to require several things. Your fingerprint, the sound of your voice, by the way. I talked to a guy yesterday who's working on that right now. And, of course, your retinal scan or your face. Passwords are going away. It's going to be biometric data. I think that's going to be much safer, and we'll all be better off. Thank you. I like that. I don't know anybody who doesn't love that one. That's a game changer, and that should be a mega trend. Sven Vidram, what is your prediction? 60 seconds. That's all I've got. Go ahead. Thank you, Raj. I think predictions are getting more and more difficult. The speed of change is increasing. So I think we as the, as the society in the world, we need to come together and discuss this jointly. We find, need to find solutions together because the challenges of the future we only can solve all together, not individually, not in individual states, not in individual companies, all together. We need to work together. I, I like that, too. I'm all choked up. Thank you very much. I predict, I predict that this Megatrends new series is going to be off the charts in terms of listenership. I have to do a shout out. The Twitter feed has been just on fire. Mobius Media, thank you very much. David Fowler, who used to sponsor our uh, Future of Business radio. I know he wanted to come back with another series and maybe later in the year. He's tweeting Ursula Ringham at SAP. Thank you so much, Ursula. Eric Cavanaugh, he talks and tweets at the same time. Tom Conan sponsors as well. Ann Rosenberg talks. Talking, tweeting, and posting pictures. I am a great fan of yours, Ann Rosenberg. And we've just got so many other streaming analytics at the hashtag, and I'm just thrilled. So thank you, everyone. I have to do a shout-out as well to our engineer extraordinaire. He's a very young guy, but I call him venerable because he puts up with the incredible pace of these shows and he keeps us on the air it's aaron keller a real gentleman and a great engineer at world talk radio thank you aaron so much so here's my call to action i'm very 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 happy to bring you this new series and i can't wait for the rest of the year for megatrends this is going to be a real game changer so and thank you again to tom conan and uh, who else do we have tom conan and um, Sven for working on this and i appreciate everybody who put this show together thank you very much ann rosenberg eric cavanaugh Sven vitter and great panelists fasten your seatbelt. what are you waiting for Go out and be a game changer today. Have a great day, everyone. I'll be back tomorrow, 11 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Business Channel with a new edition of Coffee Break with Game Changers. You don't want to miss it. Be there. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Game Changing Megatrends, presented by SAP, the best run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again on the Business Channel. 
We wish you a positively game-changing week.